0: You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, Episode One Ninety Two. Talk about entrepreneurial anxiety with Brittany Branson, a born and raised Jersey girl. Brittany Branson is a destination live wedding artist and coach for creatives, based in the Greater Washington D.C. area. Since 2015, Brittany has helped hundreds of couples and clients all over the U.S. and the world create lasting impressions of their love by turning their most memorable moments into meaningful masterpieces. Brittany has been proudly interviewed by or featured in Brides, Martha Stewart Weddings, Inside Weddings, and many other publications. Having lived a past life in arts administration and legislation, Brittany is passionate about blending her knowledge of creative strategy and arts entrepreneurship to help fellow creatives better their businesses and bottom lines. Brittany is currently a candidate for the Master's in Arts Management at George Mason University. Though people are her passion, dogs are her delight. Brittany donates a portion of the proceeds from every service to the local animal rescue from which she and her husband adopted their two dogs, Bolt and Ginger. You know we love dog people here at the podcast. Today, Brittany is here with us to talk about the thing we don't often talk about, entrepreneurial anxiety because baby, we've all got it, whether you call it that or not. So go grab your coffee, grab your tea. Perhaps you might need a stronger Bev for this conversation. It's up to you (laughs) and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that wanna help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow, and I am joined this week by the wonderful Brittany Branson. Brittany, how the hell are you? I'm good how are you I mean now that we've got our tech situation figured out my I'm lord <laughs> y'all you don't even know what we did to get this podcast to your ears it's traumatic it wasn't really so was you just, better enjoy it it was just two women trying to figure out the fucking internet and it was like <laughs> I can hear you can you hear me can you see the chat you can't hear me just for 20 minutes like good lord but we made it we're here we are here I think it's really funny what just happened to us, like if we're taking like a meta view of like everything right to be like we're having a conversation about entrepreneurial anxiety and we spent oh. 20 minutes trying to get the tech to work. And I don't know about you, but over here I was like I was like at a 20 percent anxious. Also, I was exasperated. But, you
1: know, I think year
0: one, Renee, would have had like full on meltdown.
1: Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to thank you
0: for coming on the show to talk about something that's so uh, vulnerable, really. And you're, you know, you're going to tell it to a bunch of people. So, thanks to you. (laughs) Thanks? Question mark. No, thank you. (laughs) I'm glad we can talk about it. So, listeners already heard your bio before we began. How did this become the topic that you wanted to share today?
1: Yeah, so I feel like for me... After COVID, I feel like there were a lot of conversations about a lot of different topics, obviously, and we are still having those conversations about a lot of different topics, about the the trauma we all <laughs> experienced in, yeah. In, yeah, in the world, in the wedding industry, etc. And looking back, in terms of my journey with anxiety, I knew I always had it and it manifested in different ways, in different ways times in my life but when i really look back it really i i guess i should use the term i hit in air quotes rock bottom yeah. that year right after COVID. so probably all of like 2021 when we were starting as an industry to really bounce back and we were in the middle of this post covid industry boom and I started feeling very guilty and started identifying that something was wrong because I was feeling at my worst. And so mentally, something didn't match up or I couldn't understand why we were in the middle of this boom. I personally, my business was in the middle of this boom. And yet I felt like shit. I mean, really, to be frank. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I think you actually were not alone in that. I mean, of course, 2020 hindsight, right? But I feel like right. it's easy to feel alone when you're feeling that anxiety to feel like, well, I'm the only one or I'm feeling depressed. Is it only me? Like, And also I think too, let's all take some like collective responsibility for the fact that as soon as the media was like, it's a wedding boom, we were all like, yes, it is a wedding boom, actually. This is what it is. It's a yes. boom. And like, I'm glad that you experienced that. I I don't know if it was so much a boom. I mean, yeah, we were busy, but I I think there are many entrepreneurs out there who were like, well, that boom was kind of a bust for me. Like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, to everyone for talking about how busy you are when some people are feeling the exact opposite and still having the same emotions around it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know for me, I felt like I was trapping myself in this cycle of, um, a lot of guilt Yeah. that at, at the time I, you know, and we can certainly talk about this. I finally understood that I wasn't going to get out of, by myself right alone because for me just for a little bit of context the way my business played out especially during covid was by the time okay so if it it hit march 15th and i'll always remember that weekend yeah (laughs) because i was at i had a wedding at the naval academy in annapolis and everyone showed up and the academy was like psych, I don't think we can go ahead with this wedding. Thank God they did, but that was sort of the first, like if that was the Saturday and then the world shut down on Monday. Yeah. And so I would say by April, May, I had 20 to 22 couples either, you know, they were gone, yeah. whether it was a postponement, a cancellation. And I thought I was done for. I sincerely thought I was done for. All I could do every day was I, t- I just walked for miles and miles around my neighborhood dropped you know a bit of weight because there was just what else were you going to do right yeah but then with the nature of my business because I'm a live painter by that August into the fall it was sincerely a boom for me because I think as couples realize that if they did postpone and they had a year they wanted to save up for something special or what really happened a lot was a lot of parents came to me and said hey Our kids are going through something stressful. We want to now gift them something to just make the day much more special and, you know, more of a reason to look forward to it. Yeah. And so for that fall of 2020 into all of 2021, I was crazy. I think I did somewhere between 50 or 60 weddings which i will never do again and i think in hindsight that contributed (laughs) to a lot of anxiety and how i was feeling um but i found myself trapped in that cycle of guilt of i looked around and i had a lot of friends in the industry who were struggling they weren't feeling the boom i was and so i sat with myself and i'm like i'm the i'm one of the lucky ones so why am i feeling like shit you, and that made me feel yeah. even more like shit, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. And listen, I'll tell you, I can relate to this particular
0: flavor of it because, and I I really hesitate to say this, but I will in in service of this conversation. I didn't have a bad, a bad financial year in 2020. Like, yeah. I was okay. You know, I pivoted to education. We did a bundle. We launched a lot of things. I hustled my ass off. But we had a six-figure year in 2020. Yeah. And I, when I say that, I hear people listening going like, well, fuck her. I hustled right. for it. And granted, and I feel like I was at an all-time like emotional low, but yet I was still successful by all the outside metrics of success. And that, that juxtaposition is a really weird feeling because we are taught yes. as entrepreneurs that if business is good, aka if you are making money or if you are being booked a lot, or if you're in demand, or you're getting um, outside accolades of whatever variety, right, you're getting published or recognized for whatever that you should
1: feel great. Yes, right. 100%. And not always the case. No. And I, and that's something I just, I'm, I'm glad to talk about it with you. And I hope we have more conversations about how complicated that that is and can be. Yeah. Um, and yet your feelings of anxiety, whether it's that end of the spectrum that we were talking about where we did sincerely have uh, statistically a good year, good years, while others didn't or vice versa, your feelings are valid either way. And it's worth talking about either way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, In that period of time, though, when things were, you were in, you were, you're just sort of in it and you were busy, but you're also having these other feelings of anxiety. And, and I'm going to, I'm naming it as depression. You tell me what it was, but yes, you, you, you would say depression as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it it was. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut your. No, no, you're Yes, I completely agree. Um, Did you have anyone to talk to about it? I I did, in a sense, but when I look back, I, again, was very lucky. I have wonderful friends who are in the industry, but I would also consider them, you know, friends, even if we weren't (laughs) linked by this craziness. But even though I had them, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to articulate it because again I think a lot of those friends weren't riding this coattail of a boom yeah the way I was I always go up to them and I'm, I'm say I'm so thankful that you were there and you were there to listen but I take accountability for I didn't know what to say I didn't know what to articulate and open up about um so I, I it was the most stuck I've sincerely ever felt Yeah.
0: I think it's, it's um, maybe comforting to acknowledge like any sort of extreme is hard to communicate. Right. Because if you're, if you're feeling like you're failing, that's hard to talk about. If you're feeling like a success when others are struggling, that's hard to talk about. And I think it's, we're only really comfortable with with each other sometimes in that middle ground where everything's kind of okay and kind of not. And there's one or two things that might be okay talking about, but you know, everything's just kind of okay. We mostly talk to our peers, and even our friends about that. But the outside, the extremes, I think, is what gets, I don't know, I, I don't want to say the word messy, because that feels like an oversimplification. but it's just, I have felt that as well. The, well, I don't want to talk too much about success, and I certainly don't want to talk about my failures.
1: Yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. The way I look at it, too, is I just feel like, especially in that period, and, and now I'm certainly still feeling it, the stressors shifted. If, if that Mm -hmm. makes any, and again, here I am caught in that. I'm not sure how to to articulate it. Um, I mean, I think it's not necessarily, you know, the, the brilliant lyrical musical line, mo money, mo problems. That's not what I'm talking about. But I, I felt my stressors shift especially now in comparison to that period, for actually, for example, in how I handle rejection. Uh. And looking back, because again, I think it had to do in that period, aside from, you know, the 2020, (laughs) excuse me, 20 to 22 couples who just suddenly, you know, disappeared out of my life. That year and a half afterwards, there was not that much rejection. If if anything, there was a lot of, a lot of yeses and now that life has is at least attempting to settle and balance out i've noticed how mentally and emotionally i deal with rejection has really shifted which has been very interesting yeah if if that made any sense yeah do
0: you feel like you are taking the rejections more personally
1: yes interesting One, 100% and if anything i think because of how that year and a half or so played out in my life i noticed my sense of self-worth and my validation Mm -hmm. becoming much more inherently linked to the yeses i received or on on the other end the the no's i received yeah much more so than before which is funny because I'm not exactly new at this. I'm yeah. about eight years in. Yeah. You know, like yeah. not a newbie, not, you know, the milestone 10 to 15. And so I thought I was past that. Oh, and so it's, yeah, yeah, it's just been funny <laughs> how, yeah, yeah. I just, like, I, it's just funny how that, that whole COVID era, almost like there's like a crack in the facade now that i never expected there to be chiseled in yeah i'm my laugh
0: was one of recognition not like yeah yeah i guess anyone's like wow she's laughing no 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 no. i think yeah that's really true and wow there's so much there so i think that uh, my own take on that (laughs) that lesson of like okay well i'm not how many clients i book right my self-worth is not tied to that I actually think that that's more of an ongoing journey, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's sort of like a new level, new devil situation. Like, and I mean, I mean like in a price from a pricing standpoint, right? As soon as you start charging 10 grand plus as a wedding planner, um, there is a new level to overcome because you're literally, I'm not literally, but it seems like you are when you're sending those proposals, telling someone I am worth $10,000, my brain, my time, my energy, my, my guidance to you is worth 10, 10, grand plus. and, As a poor kid from Brooklyn, that was a really tough mindset to get over. So if someone would reject that proposal, yes, of course, at that new level, my brain wanted to make a story about, well, obviously, they think you're not worth $10,000.
1: 100%. And thank you for articulating what I I was trying to before when I said the stressors shift. I think that's an excellent example of as you up level the that stressor kind of shifts and um, yeah, uh, you know ch- switches out if if yeah absolutely that makes sense. And it's also like
0: the I mean we're talking about entrepreneurial anxiety, but but it also there's so much under that umbrella. I can even think about like. You know, even just a couple of weddings ago, I mentioned to my associate planner something about the design. I was like, well, you know, this design isn't going to win me any awards. As if that were the mm. only metric of something I could, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, well, this one, I mean, let's not even post this one. And he's like, this is beautiful. And I'm like, eh. Right. <laughs> and like how jaded, yeah. right? But also on in year like, you know, 10 plus, you're like, yeah, I've seen, you, there is that moment where your your brain kind of throws up that story of like, well, this isn't your best work. But it's like, according to who, compared to what?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I feel that very much as well. Um, I mean, we're both artists, just, you know. Yeah, different mediums. (laughs) Yeah, different mediums that manifest differently. But I carry a lot of that from painting to painting in terms of, is this my best work? Does this deserve to be seen? But it's a reflection of the best day of someone else's life. Yeah. You know, like... I, you know, I'm. That's a whole podcast in and of itself. The strategy, the marketing behind that. Yeah. But in terms of the emotions, that's a great uh, nugget to kind of chew on. Where where do we draw that line? Yeah. Of uh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no.
0: You're fine. I was just thinking about how it's so interesting when you really dive into like all of our anxieties right it's it's so like la- it's so layered there's so many levels of anxiety yes everyone i i feel like even the people we look up to in this industry that you're thinking, oh couldn't preston bailey couldn't possibly yeah of course preston bailey of course marcy blum of course Mindy weiss like these people have anxiety as well it's just a different level because you know they're doing weddings at a castle in bulgaria i can't imagine what that anxiety level is like right yeah it it really is just going to be i don't think we get away from the anxiety i think we have to learn how to deal with it that's my point
1: yes 100 percent. and thank you for saying that because i was literally sitting with myself maybe even just last week and i had that moment where i distinctly remember you know eight seven years ago where I was listening to all of these entrepreneurs whom I either would continue to say that I put them on a pedestal or I did at the time. Yeah. And, you know, they were talking about vulnerability and, and how much they struggle. And I freaking rolled my eyes and I'm like, <laughs> shut up. If I was where you were, I would wake up so content. And so thrilled. And now I just want to go back to little Brittany and just kind of like give her a shake. I'm like, Brit, shut up. Like, (laughs) it's never going to go away. It's just going to shift. It's just just going to. Yes, it just shifts. So how did the anxiety like
0: manifest or like, like show up in your life? Was it physical? Was it in your daily habits? Like what happened to Brittany in that anxiety place?
1: Yeah, I mean, now looking back, I can absolutely say it ultimately manifested as depression, yeah. which I'm so, I'm so happy. And, we, you know, we can talk about that to say that I, I did seek out help, you know, finally reached that point yeah. where I realized I needed help, but it kind of, uh, showed up. Uh, yeah. My habits were definitely affected by I mean, I mentioned earlier about how there was a solid two month period where I just didn't know what to do. And I think that's like, I, I look at you and I'm, I am I admire you so much for taking what I can imagine was a lot of anxious energy and funnel it, funneling it into something that is certainly still pay, repaying you, yeah. uh, literally, <laughs> literally. <Yeah. laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> um, for me, I I didn't know what to do with it. And so I just, I I freaking walked. I walked for miles every day. I started writing a lot, which I -hmm. guess in hindsight, I'm glad because there's a little dream of mine that I really want to uh, write my own like young adult fiction novel one day. Oh, that's lovely. Like, yeah, yeah. But it was just like at that time, habits wise, it, it was either I didn't know what to do except walk and move. Yeah. Or or sit. Turn on, and this is so bad. I'm so sorry, environmentalists. I would just sit in the bathroom, close the door, and let the shower run. Because mm, mm-hmm. I just needed the sound of the water, and I didn't know what to what to do. Mm. That, not, not the worst, but not the healthiest, you know? And then on the other end, it definitely affected me socially. And I, I remember so clearly I got on a Zoom with my friend and also mentor Kelly. And I remember she was the first one to ask me, how are you doing? Yeah. And I broke I broke down like and you know me, like even when we started this podcast, right? You're like, hey, Brit, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. That's 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 me. But when my friend looked at me and and knew, noticed I had no answer for her and I had no energy to, to even just be honest and articulate what I was. I didn't even know what I was feeling. And she said, I, I don't think you can talk right now. And I'm like, yeah. you're right. Th- Thank you for seeing that. Yeah, I think in 2020,
0: the question, how are you was a really loaded question. But I kept mm-hmm. asking it because I was really curious. And I ask it to almost every guest on the show because I always want to see what kind of answer I'm going to get, right? Am I going to get the, yeah. oh my God, I'm great. Or sometimes people say, I'm fabulous. And I'm like, I actually believe you. Great. You know, but, yes. but I think during the <laughs> pandemic, we were honest with one another, at least for people in my in my bubble, we were. And now, yeah. and now all these years later, I think we're back to that. Yeah, I'm good. Everything's good.
1: <laughs> right yeah yeah 100 percent. 100 um but yeah I just remember I looked at my face in the zoom and I was like S- something's wrong yeah that I couldn't pull myself out of by myself and no amount of work and no amount of yeses was pulling me out of and that was a whole you know mental journey right. to to pick at and that's
0: is that how you knew you needed outside help
1: Yes. Yeah. I I remember, I think it, this was October, right? And now if I did 50 something weddings that year, so by October, I had probably done 45 of them. And so I was sitting there and I looked at my bank account. It was good. I looked at my calendar. It was fabulous. And I still cried, yeah. whether it was my friend asking me how are you my mother asking me my husband and so as a way to kind of like either cheer me up or give me something to look forward to my husband had always wanted me to go with him to San Diego he lived there for a year he still would love to just like pick up our lives and move there it's his happy place and he's like i want to show it to you 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 need we need to do something other than weddings and and paintings yeah. and i remember i was sitting there the day before we were Supposed to take off, and I had so much work and so many paintings needed touching up and emails that you know, you know the all all the yeah. things and i I was like, actually, I think I turned to my mother, and I was like, I don't think I can go, but then you know, in the pit of your stomach, now we've only been married now eight years, and so I always ask my friends who've been married longer, and I tell them, Was I crazy? But in that moment, when I contemplated telling him. I I can't go. I can't do this thing that I know is going to make you so happy to share with me. Was that going to be the crack in the foundation of our marriage that never could heal? You know, not the biggest thing. Right. But like the the start of the crack, was that going to be it? And I said, he means so much more to me than me allowing this crack to start festering. Yeah. So I just, I shot emails to all of my couples and clients and said, I'm going to need an extra week for whatever it was. I put up something on social media and I was like, I need to fucking go because doing that to him was not, nothing could be worth that. So we took the few days to go and I made the promise to myself, the moment I got back, I'm making some calls. And um, that was sort of the start of it. I love that. You
0: know, I think it's so easy as entrepreneurs, especially when we're in that anxiety zone and we can't get out of it to think that every decision we make is going to be the life and death situation we couldn't possibly we couldn't possibly tell our clients we need a day off we couldn't possibly they're gonna they're all going to think right that's the thing we say well they're all gonna think blah 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 but the thing that i've learned over the years and this is not to discount anything from your story this is more like a a yes and affirmation is like Hardly anyone is thinking about us the way that we think they're thinking about us, right? Like, right, yeah. Yeah, a a client might get an email and be momentarily for a split second, like, oh, hmm, and have to re, you know, reconfigure their brain a little bit to be like, oh, I won't, I guess I won't get an answer back from Renee for a week. And maybe one of them will find it urgent, but not all 25 of them are going to find it urgent, right? We psych ourselves out and also we we get ourselves um like full of you know adrenaline because we're like oh what are they gonna say probably not it's not gonna be the bad thing you think they're gonna say like nine not times at out all. of ten they're just gonna be like oh
1: Brittany went to san diego good for her <laughs> yeah and in fact i think it made me cry happy tears the amount of people who wrote back with kind words of affirmation you know what i Love mean that. where yeah i that was such it was so needed in, in that moment mm-hmm. and I'm forever thankful for them. But it, it was a it was a, a wonderful surprise because looking back that day before I flew out when I knew what I had to do and I knew I had to shoot out those emails and notifications and whatnot, I, f- I remember feeling that my business was going to end the same way I had felt in March 2020 when all of those couples suddenly had to postpone and you know, jump ship. Yeah. So at the height
0: of your success, and you still felt the same dread you felt when everyone walked away. Yep. And, is, and isn't it and is that a fucking sign right there?
1: Yes. Yeah. What? And that was it. That was it. I made the promise to myself of like this, this, this isn't good. This cannot continue. Yeah. It really can't. That was it. So
0: you came home and then you sought out help. Was that the first time you had ever gone to a therapist? I'm
1: assuming. It was not actually. And what's so interesting looking back over the past eight years or so is I had s- struggled with minor depression um, in different periods of my life, yeah. which I always thought was situational. Yeah. But now looking back, I'm like, no, the undercurrent has always been there. It's just certain situations, of course, triggered totally. it. And then over the past eight years of being in business for myself, it almost has felt like a... A slow burn or slow bubbling to the surface that um, I think COVID was just, you know, the straw that broke the <laughs> the, the mental yeah. <laughs> camel's back. Yeah. And again, it's like I hate to be that person who sits here and says, oh, you know, I'm so thankful that I went through that shit, but I kind of am because it gave me so much time to identify identify the undercurrent Mm -hmm. and not just sweep it under the rug as yet another situational episode, if that makes sense. And then I think, and I'm a very religious, spiritual person. So I'm very much, I wholeheartedly believe that that was all meant to happen at that time, because especially with the COVID move towards zoom and virtual everything, The, the amount of wonderful companies that popped up that offered virtual help, yeah. yeah, yeah I couldn't be more thankful. And even just how my life continues to be with the amount of traveling and destination work I do, it's really, it's so impossible for me to steadily get care or meet with someone in person. Yes. It's, it's just not a reality. Yeah. And so the fact that if anything good came out of COVID, for me, it was people identifying that, that like... We can help so many people if we just move these services virtually. Yeah. And so that's what I took advantage of.
0: I love that you did that. You know, I have a funny, I have a funny anecdote, which I, funny in hindsight, right? So the last thing I did before COVID shut down or shut us down was there was um, an industry event in a, uh, I belong to this uh, organization in Los Angeles called the Bra Network. It's the Business Relationships Association. It's, it's female, <laughs> female based. That's awesome. And every year they have. Thank you. It's not mine, but kudos to Carrie. Um, they have <laughs> yeah. uh, they have a woman, woman on the rise luncheon. Right. And that was the first time I had been because I was, you know, I was kind of like scoping out this group. Like, do I want to join? I think I do. So that was the last thing we did before COVID shut down. And I remember sitting at this table of women I did not know and I went around the table and said, what do you do? What do you do? And three of them were therapists. And at the time mm. I was um, getting treatment through BetterHelp, the online therapy. Yeah. And, and that was pre-COVID, guys. So. I'm sitting there and I'm talking to them. And I said, oh, how do you feel about these new telehealth things popping up? And all three of them very vocally were like, oh, we hate it. It's the worst. It's never going to work. Well, three Mm. days later, right? The world got shut down. And as I continued with my therapist throughout COVID, I remember thinking, I wonder what happened to those ladies? Because because if you don't, I mean, this is a different entrepreneurial anxiety, but if you don't evolve, you're not going to, you know, stay with the times. And I, I have a feeling that they probably were sort of forced. Their hand was kind of forced during COVID, but I remember how vehemently they hated telehealth. And I was like, Oh, oh yeah. I hope they're okay. Because honestly it's I it's such a kidding. I don't I mean listen, I know I've been I've been in and out of therapy for years and I have no problem ever saying that on the show because I don't think there needs to be a stigma attached to it. I think people who seek Not out therapy are brave. I think it is brave to want to know yourself better and it is brave to to advocate for yourself and figure out that like, hey, I need more coping mechanisms here. And it is Amen. brave to look at your past and think, okay, well that happened to me, but how do I not let it define me or whatever, right? Absolutely. And I think that there's, the if telehealth helps more people in a more affordable way, because therapy should not just be for rich people, sorry. There's nothing but positives for me. I mean, I've been in therapy in person and like, yeah, was it was it different? Yes, but it also wasn't, telehealth is not worse. Do you know
1: what I mean? Like. <laughs>
0: Yes, I think it's you correct. can still get the work done and that's what's really important.
1: Absolutely. The only thing that the the slight edge in my opinion for me personally in my life in terms of meeting with someone in person is just the routine of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I crave that routine but I will gladly give up that routine for access. Yeah. I think for me, the only yeah. the only
0: thing I miss, <laughs> this is gonna this is a very New York thing I'm about to say, but when I was in New York and I was going to therapy, right, you have you have the travel to the session on the subway or cab, mm-hmm. and then you have the session itself, and then you have travel home. So there are built-in buffers around your therapy experience that allow for preparation on the one end and contemplation on the other. And when you're doing it on Zoom, yes, sometimes yeah. my schedule just throws me back into another meeting and I'm like, oh, gosh, gosh, yes. okay. And then I learned over time, I had to create buffers around that space for myself because otherwise I wasn't really getting the full learning because I would just be into the next thing and my brain would go, okay, okay, new thing. And I, later I'd be like, oh, you know, I really should have journaled about that or thought more about it. Or I just wanted to sit in silence sometimes, you know, or cry or who the yeah. hell knows, you know?
1: Yeah. That's, oh, I love that. I miss I, my I subway that. time. <laughs> I, crying as I subway. currently crying i'm Just kidding. I miss <laughs> crying in the subway. As I... As I currently sit here in New Jersey, I feel that so much. Yeah. Tri-state area, I got yeah. you. <laughs> Holla, New Jersey. Um, so the uh, question for you is, so, so like, you
0: started with therapy, and how did you feel or how did you know that you were sort of coming out of this darker place? Was it something physical? Was it just emotional?
1: I, I noticed it mentally and emotionally. I think I'll separate, like, business and social Business, I started to really notice a difference when I wasn't living and dying via every inquiry. And when I, my emotions started to, plateau is not the word I want, just level yeah. out, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and actually, I I was just listening to your, um, and I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting her name. One of the recent episodes you did about ghosting. Oh, and, yes, yes. Carolyn. Uh, Club. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. And you said something and it made me chuckle where you were maybe it was your sister or someone said, oh, we haven't gotten any inquiries for a while. And you were like, don't worry, they come in February. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I'm able. Yeah, I'm able to so much better view my life that way, whereas two or three years ago, if if an inquiry came in and it was a no, I couldn't see past it even if i had hard data in front of me showing hey brit you you get a lot in december yeah. february april and then there's there's the valley i, I couldn't you who cares <laughs> if, if the data was in front of my face could not see past the immediate no yeah. you know what yeah. i mean and so now i'm just able to sit with my logic <laughs> so much better yeah. and and not just break down every time something just doesn't happen to work out and i really want to give my dear friend Kelly, so much credit because once I started getting help and we had another Zoom where I was, when she asked me how I was doing, I was, I was able to say, I'm actually doing really good. She gave me this coping mechanism where she was like, you know, Britt, I know the amount, just by the nature of what you do, I know the amount of inquiries that come into your inbox. And what you should consider doing is when they come in, assign them a one through a ten. One meaning they're not a good fit at all, 10 meaning you would, it would be a dream to work God with them. Man. And if anything scores lower than an eight, mentally, emotionally, let it go. That's a, that's a really great good, advice. So good. So now I'm so much better, whether it's inquiries or opportunities or people, whatever it is in my business, if it scores an eight, nine, or 10, that's when I give myself permission to grieve it if it doesn't work out anything less i don't that's kind
0: of groundbreaking Um, can we just i want to pause on that for a sec because i have for years have done the i have a little post-it on my computer that says if it's not a hell yes it's a fuck no
1: because (laughs) to me that's
0: that's like the the scale but that is very binary right it's either all in or all out i like this sort of grade the scale right if it's like well a 10 or a nine or an eight even a seven okay maybe a seven could work out but Anything under that is just not for me. And I think that is something everyone can take away from this episode, whether or not you have entrepreneurial anxiety in this moment in time as you're listening. This little piece, shout
1: out to Kelly. uh, Kelly, can I shout her out? Kelly Dab, last name D-A-A-B. I love her so much. And she makes the most amazing crystal lady art. So she's all about like good intentions and everything. Anyway, so she's wonderful. And that I will hold on to that piece of advice forever. But I wasn't in the mental state to accept that advice. Right. You know, two, three years right. ago now. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Love I love it. that. I, you know, the reason I asked, like, what was it like when you were coming out of it is because I know for some people who um, therapy is not accessible to them or they're just afraid of it, which it's a lot of people are. I always love to just point to the awareness of yourself. Like we always have ourselves to come back to, right? And if you are aware of your body, how things feel in your body and your head and your heart, then you can feel yourself dip in. And then you can also feel yourself start to come out. And at at least that's been helpful to me in those periods of time when I don't have someone outside of myself to talk to, to be like, oh, today I feel lighter. Today, my chest feels more open. Today, I don't feel like a fuzzy brain, you know? Like all these little things you can say to yourself. And that is, again- uh, friends, one of the reasons I advocate for journaling, right? Because mm. even if you never read those pages back, you're not you're going to be honest with yourself in those pages, and just sometimes you have to take stock of how you're doing on the day to day when you're yeah. in these tender places of transition or struggle or or just you know a heightened self awareness. Like that can also be uh, a, a period in which you are like, hmm, I I wonder if I am okay,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. 100%. How are you doing with your anxiety these days? A lot better. Um, I'm always very honest that it is not 100%. I think just like you said a few minutes ago, it's always going to be an ongoing journey. Yeah. And um, I accept that now. Whereas I feel like even just a few years ago, I, I would have thought when I achieved what I perceived was going to be enough, it was going to be yeah. enough. Whereas now I've accepted that, um, you know, hey, this is this is the way God made my brain and my yeah. soul and my body. Yeah. And um, I, I have to ride the wave and try to surf it and not... <laughs> You know, build the dam because it's just going to overflow. Right. That was the worst analogy no, I'm, ever, with that makes I'm with you. I'm with you. Listen, <laughs> so many people right now
0: are just spending their year building up this dam, hoping it doesn't break. Mm. And you guys, that's you cannot yep. run a business that way, and you cannot run your life that way because you will burn out, and then we will lose good people.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. I just wish in, I feel like, and you're an amazing educator, so I feel like you're going to raise up like a hell yeah amen when i say this but i feel like there's so much education and talk in our industry about here are the tactics or steps that you have to force into yourself <laughs> and i don't yeah. i don't think we talk enough about the work that is necessary and goes into being insightful enough to realize hey this is the way i work yeah. these are my superpowers yeah. And thus, let's make my business ride that way instead of trying to take what may work for everyone else and force it into ourselves.
0: Oh, Brittany, that's an excellent point.
1: But that's a whole podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, that could be a whole other
0: Oprah episode. But but I will say this, I think, and thank you for the compliment. I think as someone who is, where's the title of educator, right? I think when I look at some of the- and this is not wedding people this is like other online marketers and entrepreneurs like tony robbins and amy porterfield and all those folks some of whom i love mm. amy porterfield not tony um i think it i think <laughs> that the way they are successful is that they market and they sell us a a step-by-step right an abc a one two three mm-hmm. because it makes us feel like we have some semblance of control over something that is largely out of our control which is our entrepreneurship right we can we can do our best yep. we can try we can we can release a new, a new thing, a new content, a new piece, a new this, but the people who are the millionaires, right? They're selling us on this system and the systems are real shiny and nice. And we all want to believe that that will work for us. But the truth of the matter is we're all just messy humans and no Mm -hmm. one, no one can look at another human and say, I know exactly what you need. Just do it this way. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work what you what i think we all need to be doing this is something i learned when i got my bfa in acting i went to a conservatory where they threw so much shit at us so many different modalities and acting techniques and then that and this person and this book and they were throwing things at us and i was confused i was 18 and Mm -hmm. i just wanted someone to tell me how to be good and my advisor said no one can ever tell you that you have the work is you have to figure it out for yourself yeah, and that I've just carried yep. that with me my whole life. Because even if even as we're yeah. talking about anxiety, I know our conversation is going to make people think about their own lives, and that's the point. We're not here to say do what Brittany did, do exactly what she did, take baths and walk, and then get a therapist. Go then go to San Diego, then come home, get a therapist. Like no, <laughs> we're not giving you a step by step. No, but we're sharing the experience because one, I hope we can normalize it for everyone, feel your feelings. But two,
1: there's no one way in and there's no one way out. I think absolutely and can i just say you said the magic thing a few seconds ago of too often others give us steps to attempt to control something that's not in our control and what is the definition of anxiety (laughs) of just the the fear of not being able to control something that is out of control and as
0: soon as we learn to release it a little bit maybe we'll all be better for it i mean listen Absolutely. We're never always, especially, especially wedding pros. Like, you know, our jobs are ranked like, I don't know, up there with air traffic controllers, which is bananas. So I don't think we're ever going to get rid of anxiety. I don't even think that's the job. I think it's just figuring out how to know when you're good, when you're on the threshold of not good, (laughs) when you need, when you need some help and when you're seeing the light again. Amen. Absolutely. I want to ask you, Brittany, about some self-care things, because that's I've been asking everyone this for months now, because, as you know, I have this membership um, for Wedding Pros, self-care for Wedding Pros membership called Better with yeah. Dallow, And the whole thing is, you know, based on ha- like getting better habits. So I want to ask you, what is your I guess, say, give me the top self-care habit that you couldn't do without?
1: Oh, OK. Um, let's see. I I have a few. <laughs> so the newest the newest one is I saved up and n- I now work with a personal trainer Ooh, two times nice. a week. Well, that was something else that was really contributing to my anxiety was um before I started my business when I ha- you know when I was in my 9 to 5 and I had much more of a routine, you know, I did half marathons and all this stuff and the going back to that slow burn of just having to rearrange my life to fit this this business and this new way of life my physical self care completely fell by the yes. wayside and so that's been something for the past few months that is now a non negotiable for me moving forward you know i realize i as much as there's wonderful help out there there's YouTube's up and apps up the wazoo i needed the accountability i needed the human same with the mental therapy right you sometimes you just need the human yeah. even though there's a lot of great advice yeah. out there so that's my that's a self a non-negotiable self-care for I me that. now that is truly um has made a difference in a way. I I don't know if I gave it much credit. credit It what. like, I knew it, but, you know, until you do it. And then other things, I mean, for me, my husband's a a pilot, and he's gone, you know, for two, three weeks at a time. And so I've noticed just in the rhythm of my life, what really helps me get through hard times and keeps me going and keeps me steady is having something to look forward to doing with him. Which for us, you know, travel is just I guess in, in the blood of our, our <laughs> <Yes>. marriage <laughs> professionally, personally, yeah. whatever. And so I'm very careful now. Like I don't care if it's a one night staycation or whatever. Every like three months I'm like, we are gonna carve out that time to do something together. Yeah. I feel like that San Diego trip when I was feeling at my lowest taught me that how important that was to the two of us. And then thus me personally. So that's another non-negotiable is um, we don't have a lot of time together. And so I'm very intentional every few months or so, no matter how busy we get of um, that's our happy place is just, you know, experiencing different things
0: together. I love it. In fact, my husband and I were just talking over breakfast. We, you know, because we live in LA, Vegas is so close. It's a, it's a 40 minute, Flight And we love Vegas, not in the um, we we do sort of I call it bougie Vegas, like we stay at like a really nice hotel, we use the pool, we do the fancy dinners and we'll gamble. He likes to gamble more than I do, but we gamble a little bit. And we we like the like cushy rooms, like we do that kind of Vegas. And we were just saying over breakfast, because my schedule this month is bananas. And then we hope that his show goes back into production in August. So he's like, damn, like we need to figure out like a day or two days we can just run to Vegas. And I'm like, sign me up, like sign me up (gasps) for that anytime. So you and I, we have a similar thing in that like travel is our love language. And I think for me, it's like baked into my DNA because my dad growing up, my dad loves to travel. He's he is literally a world traveler with my stepmom. And his thing is like he gets a bit depressed on the on the travel home, no matter where it is. And so, yes, he, he has a, he has this um, like long-standing tradition with my stepmother, with me, whoever's with him, where the minute he gets on a plane or the train or in the car coming home, he's like, OK, where are we going next? He needs to plan, even if it's just in his mind, the next trip That's while me. he's traveling home from the <laughs> from the trip we're already on, which is Aww. hilarious and darling. And now my husband and I just do it, too. We'll get on the plane, like even home from Vegas. And we're like, so where to next? <laughs>
1: Oh, two things. One, I feel seen. Thank you so <laughs> much. Two, so funny you just said that because um, we're we're looking into, like, November or before the holidays. And Tim Vegas is at the top of the list because I've never been. What? He, of course, has, has been. I've never been. So he's like, do you want – and I, I'm exactly like you. I just want to go to that – Oh god, because you know I'm I'm an Italian from Jersey. Mm-hmm. I want to go to that restaurant where like the Mafia and the Rat Pack went, where they fly in the seafood like fresh oh, yeah, every yeah, day, yeah. and the steaks yeah. and everything. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like that's my kind yeah, of yeah. that's my idea of Vegas. Oh, hi, yeah. I want to go to the. Oh, can we go? Can um, we just
0: <laughs> when we stop recording? We go I'm going to give you like 17 recommendations, but
1: I'll, what, the, my one yes! public
0: recommendation, and I'm going to say this, and then everyone's going to be like, "She's so bougie." Stay at the Bellagio, and mm-hmm. there is a there is a. There is one of, they have like a million pools, but one of them is an adults only pool and you have to make a reservation for it. Like you have to reserve one of the chairs or whatever. And then once you do that, you can actually order a massage to happen while you're on a (gasps) floaty in the freaking pool. Stop it. it's It's my favorite like splurge. And we did it for Joe's birthday a couple of years ago. And we talk about it like it was the best day of our lives. We're like, we have to get back to Bellagio and get in that pool. Like it was the most and really worth every penny.
1: Girl, you just had me. Be, you know, speaking of anxiety, that I'm able to reserve like a yeah. spot yeah. ahead of time instead of like the mash no, no, rush. No. You know, at like seven eight. That my anxiety, that helps my go. anxiety. So I'm. So it's like actually there. it's actually a
0: mental health initiative to just pay for the bougie pool. You heard it here first, people. You heard it here. Hundred <laughs> percent. I love it. Oh my God. I love it so much. I'm obsessed. Oh, Brittany, thank you for your honesty and your warmth and just your humor and just being you. And thank you for sharing this with us.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.
0: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Listen, friends, anxiety is a real thing. And, I'm so glad we talked about it today. If you are experiencing anxiety, if you are like, "Oh God, all of this is me," and you don't know what to do, sit with yourself. i say journal, and if you need to seek help, um, this is not a this is not a promoted thing. Um, but BetterHelp is the company I used to um, be in therapy with, and I recommend it. Just go to BetterHelp.com, and there are people there to help you out. And I just want to say, like, I say this every every time. I say this every episode because I hope the point is is driven home. Although I imagine a bunch of you. Um, stop listening when we get to this part. But I just want to say it again. Your time is the one thing you cannot make any more of. And it is very valuable. And I'm so always happy that you share it with us. But more than that, I want you to take time for yourselves, friends. So go take some time for yourself this week. And we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.
1: Thanks for listening
0: to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward
1: slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.